0: Love Talk Radio.
1: This is Colin from Cannot Justify. You're rocking Attitude Era Live with Icon, Granny Hofstra, and Big
2: Swing.
3: kens fm as always every monday night from 9 p.m to 11 p.m central standard time thank you to the great station here at 89.1 kens fm for allowing us to come onto the air and entertain you every monday night and granny is here with us i do believe how are
1: you i'm well ready for another great show on kens 89.1 fm tonight
3: and we have a big show tonight. And uh, speaking of big shows, we're waiting for uh, the man himself, the Modern Nightmare. He'll be arriving shortly. But while we're waiting here, let's go ahead and talk about what guests we got on. Our first guest will be Steve Sable. He's a entertaining comedian. And our second guest, unfortunately, <laughs> I have issues pronouncing her name, but it's uh, Verushka French. Shetty, and we also have David Shabazz, so uh, we're going to talk to them, one's an author, one's a comedian, one's an actress, as always, we always have a good time here on 89.1 KENS FM, and we're going to have fun tonight. So,
1: Granny, let's catch up, what's been up with you? Um, just doing lots of stuff, um, you know, just I've been busy, you know, Anthony, he's doing well, adjusting in his new um, apartment, you know, um, things are, he's doing better, you know, so I think that was a really good move for him, and I may have some family um, coming down here in a couple weeks or so that want to go see him, so my cousin said she would bring my mom down, and I think we're going to, rent a condominium over there at holiday island for a couple of days and just you know have some family time together but you know um, i've got some big wrestling shows coming up i did message tim rockwell from wfc and told him that you were waiting for him to contact you so hopefully he'll be doing that very very soon because you know we had we had tony snow on last week and we yep. we got to have we got to have the president and founder of Rustin for a cause on. We cannot let just Tony Snow run his mouth um, without Kim Rockwell uh, uh, validating his concerns. You know, so
3: our, our lowest rated segment to date. Uh, uh, Ken uh, Ken is here with us, uh, Granny. He's got a question hi, for Ken. you. Hi, Ken. Oh well, yeah. Uh, hi there, Granny. Welcome
4: to the show on a wonderful Monday night. Up in the upper Midwest, where it's nice and warm, probably not as warm as what you got, but uh I think well, it
0: it
1: didn't it's, it's
3: been
4: pretty uh, nice
1: here the past few days, so we don't have no snow like you all had, but you know so
3: well, our snow is dissipating thanks to uh elevated snow removal
4: <laughs>
1: ah.
3: well, I got a question for you,
4: granny. um we yep. had a phenomenal event last night uh up in nature uh if you saw the northern lights um I don't know if they got down as far as uh what is it uh Arkansas? Arkansas, yeah. Yeah, yeah Arkansas, Arkansas
0: um,
5: yeah.
4: They did say that uh, uh they were spotted as far south as Colorado, um but uh we got uh, some of my friends were able to get out and see them and uh were able to take pictures of a phenomenal display um the uh, the action that caused all of this, obviously, are CMEs off of the sun, but uh, the index that they rate, the uh, force of uh, the the expulsion from the sun, uh, rated up to a KP 8.3 last night. Wow. And
0: anything wow. above
4: a 5 is usually visible up here in the upper Midwest. And I'm wondering if any of your friends <laughs> took it in the northern lights last night. Uh, There are multiple colors, everything. Um, A friend of mine from Detroit Lakes, uh, Trevor, um, uh, uploaded some stuff to Facebook and I think, uh, what is it, Instagram, uh, some short video that he shot uh, with his cell phone. And you would not believe the colors and the beauty that that he saw up there in Detroit Lakes. And I'm not so sure he even had to go out of town. We went out of town last time and were able to see him. But uh, anybody down there seen him?
1: I now nah, that I I can't honestly say I don't know. I mean I, where I'm at in Arkansas, I really didn't see anything um, last night. So I don't know. I guess it depends on where you're at. You know, I mean, like I live in the northwestern part of I live like in what they call Northwest Arkansas, so I'm like um like six my or six hours from like st louis and i'm like three hours from kansas city so it depends on where you're at maybe you know i don't know if if you were in the higher elevations in arkansas maybe you could see them i don't know to my knowledge none of my friends saw them that i know of but you know there again i don't know so i didn't but
4: that's interesting uh uh, well, obviously, light pollution is going to be a problem uh, with you being close to a metro area like that. I don't know if six miles would be enough to, to, you know, to get outside the light pollution. We had to go about 12 miles north of town here to to actually get uh, get out of the uh, lights. And then, of course, you have all the farmyard lights uh, that you got to avoid. Yeah. But uh, uh, last night, skies were clear. Uh, we were really lucky. And uh, the moon pollution, uh, it was just a sliver of a crescent moon uh, as it slid off towards the west. And then, of course, up here, our uh, northern lights are mostly north and northeast. But uh, it was another phenomenal event last night. So if you see stuff up on uh, uh, on Facebook or up on uh, uh, Instagram about the northern lights, uh, they were very vivid. And thanks to the, uh, uh, the sun for doing that, uh, we're climbing into the – peak of the sunspot activity the 11-year cycle and so my friends expect more
3: <laughs> you know awesome. and for those of you who don't think we're educational on this show guess what we're not, we're just <laughs> we, are.
1: we are
3: we are we, we just hit you right between the eyes with that uh so uh yeah thank you ken that was awesome and uh are you gonna stick around for the rest of the show or uh you heading out
4: I've got to head out for a little bit, and then I'll probably be back before you guys finish.
3: Are you going to bring us back some pizza?
4: I don't know. I don't know if it's going to be pizza tonight or not. My doctor says stay away from pizza. You know how hard that is.
3: <laughs> well, well, you stay away from it. Uh, you bring it to us, and we'll keep you away from it. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All
1: right. That's how that works.
3: Right. Now, uh, hey, I guess the nightmare just uh, arrived in the studio. Are you there,
6: sir? yes i am i can't uh hear anything through my headset though but i will uh let you know that i am currently up oh, i'm hearing a little i'm not hearing any uh any voice but i'm hearing i'm hearing some noise oh my again. God who the hell cares well i did hear that uh-huh. but yes i am here for another show on eighty nine point one kens f m
3: all right so uh, Hello, anyway, Matthias.
6: Hello, Granny. Now I can hear it to my right ear. We're good now.
3: All right. Uh, you know, as a matter of fact, uh, and Ken's going to say, I'm just saying this because he, he is our boss. Technically, you are our boss, and you do own the place. But you can fix anything, no matter what it is. I mean, you're like, you're like a MacGyver to me, you know? <laughs> now
4: well, I don't know if I'm a MacGyver. Hey, I saw a picture of him the other day. You know, of course, your, your image of MacGyver is from back in the the, the Series 1, what, the 70s? Well yeah. no 80s. It was the 80s. 80s. Back in the 80s, which was 40 years ago. Yeah. Uh, holy cow. Uh, he's aged. <laughs> uh,
3: so, yeah, this would be the picture that you're talking about right there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Too. He, he has really aged. He's got white hair. You know, I, I'm going to tell you a little, little story here real quick. Uh, we got about five minutes before our first guest calls in. but. uh I actually talked to Richard Dean Anderson and talked to him about being a guest on the show. Uh, you know, it, it would fit perfectly because MacGyver used to be on Monday nights at oh, sure. 7 o'clock and, uh, you know, right at, and then Monday Night Football and then uh, here in Fargo, uh, Channel 6 News. And uh, I asked him, I would like you to come on the show, but it, uh, there's one thing i got to ask you, uh, Mr. Anderson, I said. How, is, how are you similar to your, the character that you play? And here's what he told me. He said, MacGyver and Richard Dean Anderson are two completely polar opposites. And I said, what do you mean? He said, well, we had a Christmas party, the second season of the show, and I locked my keys in the house, and I could not get into my house. Now, MacGyver would use chewing gum, a paper clip, and... Uh, and uh, whatever to get in the house. I had to break a window to get into my own house. I could not MacGyver my way into my own house, and I thought that was pretty funny. That almost sounds like me.
4: <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, can't remember if you ever lock yourself out. You know where you, you got my number Oh, that's guitar, right, so yeah. Uh, yeah. We have a few uh, specialized people with keys to the studio here. In the event that uh, I get stuck in the bathroom someplace,
3: <laughs> and the thing is, my my key only works on Monday nights for some reason. We'll have to work on that. Anywho, uh, so we're waiting for our first guest to call in. It's uh, Steve Sabo, and uh, he's a comedian. Uh, Matthias, what do you know about comedians besides uh, Sylvester J. Fox? He's a joke, you know. Well, you know, I, I mean, I know that
6: they're trying to be – they try to be funny. And, you know, so that's for Jay Fox, no matter – I mean, like, I'll tell you guys, you guys can can rag on him all you want. You guys can make fun of him. You guys can poke fun of him. You guys can you do whatever you want. But that man is salt of the earth. He goes out there. He tells it like it is. He'll do what he needs to do to get the victory. And, I mean, he's just – he's an all-around great guy. and And he's never steered me wrong. And I understand that you guys – have been supposedly wronged by him but that's your guys's opinion whereas uh you know he's been the greatest manager i've ever had so i will uh, never relate to him as a joke um but there are many people in the business i would relate to as supposed jokes but I, that's another story for another time other than that it's just there's been small comics big comics tall comics you know larger comics, and stuff like that, and they just try to make you laugh. So that's all I really know. Of course, you always got to remember the sit-down comics, yeah, the, you know. The like, stand-up uh, comedians.
4: Well, the, the sit-down ones, yeah. actually, on TV. Yeah, they're, they're the ones, uh what is it, like uh, uh, Rush Limbaugh. I always thought he was a pretty good sit-down comic. Yeah. And there's been others, too. But my big issue, like you, uh, is the reality of comedy these days. Um, being old enough to remember, like the days before, like Bill Cosby, yeah, uh, Shelly Berman, uh, some of the real old guys. You know, there were never any foul language in any of their stand-up. And yet people roared. Um, you know, Bill Cosby, bless his heart, uh, you know, got wronged by a number of different things. And I, you know, I've really lost track of the poor guy. But I do have some of his 60s albums. And yes, they were funny as hell. Uh, some of his first ones were, I think, recordings of like HBO HBO's. <laughs> Thing. Mm-hmm. And it was just unreal. The uh, uh, he would tell stories, and I think that kind of connected with me because he could tell them in such a way that they poke fun or humor at certain aspects of life.
6: But it was all clean cool. Hey, you was, keep you know, talking. Second. Second. I'll be back. Keep talking. Yeah, well, like you, like you agreed. There. Well, it's back in the day, like you said, there wasn't barely any foul language. There wasn't much right. of that. But it's like nowadays. Every other word. Every other. Every other word. There could be there's vulgarity or there's like racist jokes or whatever the case may be. And you got to fix
3: the shit. And huh? there's um there's
6: a uh let's see. Well, there's like you used to have like Eddie Murphy who was a big stand-up comic. Now you got like Kevin Hart and stuff like that. Gabriel. Gabriel Glacius is more of a cleaner guy, which I appreciate on him mm-hmm. the the, the, vul, the vulgar ones there's only one that there's only two people in the world that I can stand that are very vulgar comics, and that's George Carlin and Rodney Carrington. Those are the only two that are very vulgar that i can that I can appreciate because it's funny, other than that, like I like um, the blue collar comedy guys, Jeff Foxworthy, Larry the yep. Cable guy. Ron White billing ball or they got uh, Brad Williams is another one I enjoy or like I they Gabriel Iglesias so it's a my, variety. Uh one of my one of
4: my heroes to this day is uh George Carlin. Uh, bless his heart. Yeah. Um he was able to poke fun at a lot of things and able to convey a, an impression or a thought process in your brain about what he was thinking. And it worked so well. And, uh, um, you know, I keep coming aco- across clips of his. There's tons of them up on YouTube, I guess. Oh, yeah. And uh, uh, they all make sense. And uh, you see them from time to time coming up on, uh, what is it, Instagram.
0: Uh-uh. On their little reels, reel yep.
4: things. And uh, I guess uh, uh, Facebook has that, too. Yep. And uh, it's great. Um, uh what was the other comic? I'm going to try to draw uh, a blank here.
3: We've got, we got about a minute here before our okay. guest calls in, so go ahead. Um,
6: the guy um, uh, always was, pull up your pants. Um, doesn't ring a bell right now. Okay.
3: Um, I didn't know that one either. That's, that's
6: that. was uh, There were some
4: short clips of him on uh, MTV years ago. I don't know, maybe,
3: uh, 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 Ken, I hate to say it, but you might be dating yourself with it. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure I am. Uh, I'm,
4: I actually have a CD of it up behind you on the wall there. Um, <laughs> but I can't remember his name. Some, some of your listeners probably will. Uh, Granny probably, probably would, too. But uh, he was very vulgar, and uh, some of the clips that I had to uh, uh, edit... Uh, Mail hours. hours? It was mail.
3: Oh.
6: It was mail? Okay, I'll look through Well, I'll
3: tell you what, guys. i are running out of
4: time. I mean, yeah, our, first uh, no, no. our
6: first guest is waiting
3: in the wings. I don't know. Our first guest is waiting in the wings. here. we got to take a quick little commercial break. We'll be right back with our first guest. The new Woodspring Suites of Fargo, located at 1090 35th Street North at the I-29 and 12th Avenue North interchange. It's an extended stay, pet-friendly hotel with kitchenettes in every room, including a stovetop, full-size fridge, and microwave, plus a big 40-inch flat-screen TV with free Wi-Fi. You can book a room at 701-582-1600 or online at www.woodspring.com. Woodspring Suites of Fargo, rated 4.2 by Trust Score. Ladies and gentlemen, stepping out of the green room and walking down the aisle, the man that laughs all the way to the bank because he's got a lot of talent, and he's bringing that talent to our show tonight. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the double S man himself. He is Steve Sabo. (laughs)
7: Hey, this is Steve Sabo. You're listening to the Attitude Era Monday Live on 89.1 Ken's FM with your host, the icon, the big swing, the godmother of wrestling Granny Hulkster. And the modern nightmare, ma- Matthias.
3: He sure is. How are you, Steve? Good to have you with us. Thanks for joining us tonight, buddy
7: Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. I'm glad to be here. It's my first time, and uh, I'm excited about it, so this is great.
3: All right. Well, hopefully we won't upset you too much that you'd be willing to come back uh, later on. <laughs> yeah.
7: Well, well, now you got me worried now a little bit. I don't know.
3: Well, I'll tell you what, I'm the nice guy. The nightmare is the nightmare and uh grand you'll have fun with. Uh we were just uh reminiscing about uh our station owner's favorite comedians. He heard that uh Steve Saber was gonna be on tonight, so he he loves you as well, so he wanted to uh he wanted to come let you know. he wanna let you know that.
7: That's great to hear. I uh, I was trying to I heard the a little bit of that show and you said uh about the pull up your pants and I, I know that comic and I cannot think of who it is. That's Dennis oh, Lurie. I can't remember it either. Hmm.
3: It was Dennis, Dennis Leary. Oh, was it? Yeah. Uh, okay. That's, uh, that yeah, sounds you know, right. Um, uh, unlike you, Stevie, I mean, you've been very successful. We're going to talk about this. Uh, if you want to give us a little background about yourself, I'll ask you a few questions. Then we'll do a roundtable, and then we'll come back to me and I'll ask you the tougher questions. Oh, okay. Well.
7: Little background is uh, I've been doing comedy I think for thirty two years now. I started when I was eighteen years old. Um, i man I've uh, I've played all over the nation. I've done every state except for four of them. I'm still trying to get to, haven't done Maine, Utah, Hawaii, or Alaska. Still trying to get to those. Uh, let's see. I've uh, recently become an author. Uh, in the last couple of years, uh, my newest book just came out it's called uh, "Until the Blood Begins to Flow." And, uh, man, more background on that. Uh, Never been married, don't have any kids, Uh, probably going to die alone. How about that?
3: (laughs) Well, you know, I'll tell you what. After this show, the women will be all over you at your shows because you've been on 89.1 Ken's at them. (laughs) Yeah. Is that how it works? Well, yeah, just ask, just ask Matthias to work for him. Anyway, uh, we have Steve Sabres, I guess, here at 89.1 Kent FM. We've got 25 minutes here with a man. Now, uh, you know, like I mentioned, you know, you have had been very successful with the CDs that you put out, and uh-huh. uh, you've also been very successful with the books you put out. I put out a CD once when I was a stand-up comedian, and it went
0: aluminum. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah. uh,
3: so, so, Steve, we're going to ask you – I'm going to ask you a few questions, and we'll uh, introduce you to Granny, and then we'll uh, introduce you to the nightmare. But now, you've been – you said you, you, there's only four states that you've uh, never been to. When were you in North Dakota?
7: Oh, my gosh. I, I've been in North Dakota many times. Um, the last time I was in North Dakota, believe this or not, I was in uh, – I just saw it on my Facebook thing. But last time I was in North Dakota, I did – I believe it was Dickinson. I did this room in Dickinson, and it was last year – uh, almost uh, a week ago, last year, and he had a, that giant blizzard that came in, and I was yep. in Dickinson on that day, and uh, and that's a that's a crazy story because I did a couple uh, shows in that in that state in that area, but um, they wouldn't let us leave. Like we left the town because you know Dickinson was clear, and then about I don't know maybe uh, 15 minutes out of town, uh, the roads weren't clear at all, and we didn't you know we didn't know that. So we're leaving and following a snowplow until the cops pulled us over and told us, "You, you, you can't, you can't keep doing that. You got to, you got to go over." And they made us pull into a gas station that was closed, and we had to sit there for like six or eight hours until they allowed us to go back to Dickinson uh, to stay the night again because that stupid blizzard came through. So it was, uh, yeah, just a, just a year ago. I, I do North Dakota a lot Have more than done I should, Argo, probably. You ever done Argo or I used to do the uh, the club in Moorhead a lot. I used to love that Courtney? club. Um, what was it?
0: Courtney's Comedy yeah. Club?
7: Yep, now, I used to do that a lot. Where, Loved that club.
3: That's where I met you for the first time ever. I was the guy that always used to sit in the front row and used to go to every single show. Uh, okay. Because uh, you were actually a studio guest in the radio show I produced at the time, uh, the Ben and Jim show. Uh, you, were, okay. you were a student with us that Friday. That's when I first met you. And uh, that's awesome. if you remember... They were, yeah, if you remember, they were torturing me pretty good, and I believe that you were the only one uh, that was sticking up for me. Say, why are you harassing this poor guy? And they're like, Well, that's what we <laughs> pay him to do. And they're like, Well, you're like, geez, I'm glad I don't have that job. <laughs> I,
7: I I feel like I remember that, you know, and it's it's funny because Courtney's was such a great club, and it was so much fun and it. It it you know it always stinks when when clubs go down. You know what I mean when it, when they're gone for a while yeah. and.
3: Down, they're, they're going to turn down the whole hotel completely. It's, been, it's actually oh,
7: been closed man. now for the last eight years now. Wow. See, that just shows how long it's been since I've been out there. And that, that's the crazy part about, about comedy. You know, it's not even just about clubs, but, like, like, even people or comics. Like, you might work with a comic once and not see him again for 10 or 12 years, but it feels like it was yesterday. Like, I feel like I, I was playing Courtney's not that long ago, but, man, it's been a, obviously more than eight years. That's crazy.
3: Yeah, and it has, it's terrible. Uh, and not to dwell on Courtney's here because uh, this is your time. But uh, yeah, the sad thing is, the last event that uh, I went there was a when they had the New Year's Eve show where they had like 12 comics, and mm-hmm. they couldn't figure out how to get the light to work. They ran out of champ, It was just, it was just terrible. Oh. Uh, oh. Uh, Steve Sable is our guest here. We've got uh, 22 minutes here with a man. I'm going to introduce you to uh, my co-host now first. We'll uh, do Granny. Now, she loves comedians, especially those that uh, that she can bake cookies for. So, Granny, what do you have for <laughs> our guest? Steve Sable, go ahead.
1: Well, welcome to the show. It's a pleasure to have you on. I Thank you. I noticed that um, you, you, said you mentioned four states that you've never been in. How many times have you ever been in the state of Arkansas? Because I live in Arkansas. I'm from Arkansas.
7: No kidding. Um, yeah. So I used to play Little Rock uh, quite a bit, and uh, mm-hmm. but it's been it's been at least fifteen years since I've been to Little Rock as well. Um, I don't well, know if I'm I've ever played. Three,
1: I'm about three hours from Little Rock.
7: Okay. I I feel like I have played one or two other cities in in Arkansas, but uh, Arkansas has not been one of those states that I've spent a lot of time in, unfortunately.
1: Well, there is a place that they recently opened up maybe about five or six years ago. It's called The Groove, and they have a lot of uh, comedians come and perform there
2: at
0: their mm-hmm.
1: at their club. It's called The Groove. I've never personally been there myself, but, um, you know, to hear any comedians or anything. But I know they have a, a good turnout when, when they do have the comedians come you know, perform there. You know, they have a good turnout of, of people show up. You know, in their establishment. So, it you might think What's about what, what city is yeah, that? Because, well, it's actually, it's actually really close to Springdale, where I live. It's right. But mm-hmm. It's kind of like because I'm in the northwest part of Arkansas. Like, um, if you've ever heard of the Arkansas Razorbacks, we're like nine miles from Fayetteville. Okay. All right. So, but uh, you'll have to check that out. So, Yeah, I will. That's so awesome Steve to have Stables. you
3: on the show. Uh, Steve Stable is <laughs> our guest here, and uh, he is he is a big man, and uh, he's a funny man, and we're glad that he's here. Now I want to introduce you to uh, a guy that uh, is very big in the ring. Uh, he's our wrestling guru, and he is also right to become part of or head of your security staff. So, uh, Matthias, what do you guys a guest? go ahead.
6: Well, yes, you are talking to the man from every woman's greatest dream and every man's worst nightmare. North. The following announcement has been paid for by the New World
0: Order.
6: <laughs> And honorary member of the NWO, current reigning, defending, undisputed APW World Heavyweight Champion, and soon to be EWI Epic and BZW World Tag Team Champion, Matthias. Welcome onto my part of the program. Now, as a com- as a co- uh, as a comedian and as an author, I know that comes with a lot of writing and thinking and that kind of thing is it harder for you to be able to write stuff down for a book or is it harder for you to write, uh, for a comedy
7: set? That's a really good question. Those are two completely different styles of writing. So, uh, when I do most of my writing for comedy, I, I do most of my writing in my head and on stage. Like when I'm driving to gigs, I'll, I'll come up with an idea and I'll just kind of play around with it on stage. So, um I used to write every joke down word for word and, and all that kind of stuff, and i don't do that as much anymore because I like to be a little bit more free flowing um, and more spontaneous and see where the last co and then kind of uh, evolve from there with the joke when I, <coughs> when I'm writing for a book like i I feel like the problem with the book is is as long as I know where i'm heading, um I do fine for a first draft it's the second draft and the third draft that that i uh, that that is torturous because. That's when you reread the stuff that you wrote originally and, and, and hate every word of it, and you want to fix it and make it all better. Uh, but as long as you know, like for me for writing, as far as books go, as long as you know uh, where the story is going to go, uh, it's, it's, it's always going to be a fun process. I just think that sometimes I feel like, uh, and I think most writers feel this way, that I just sometimes feel like I'm, I'm just limited and in, in don't have the ability to get across exactly what I want to get across, at least not the first time through. So that's probably the hardest part to me is, is I know exactly what I want to say and I know exactly what I want to convey, but uh, finding the exact words for it, man, that's the hardest thing in the world. But with, but with comedy, when you're writing jokes, um, every word's important, you know, theoretically, but it's such a shorter piece. So like a joke would be anywhere from 10 seconds to, um, you know, a minute, minute and a half, and uh, that's a lot different than a, than a novel that's, say, 400 pages.
6: Okay, okay. And then uh, my next question and my final question would be, do you name or have, uh, tell us one of your more infamous heckler stories if you have any?
7: One of my more infamous heckler stories. So I've, I've got a few, and I'm trying to think of how many of them I could, I could tell you that, uh, uh, that would be appropriate for the air. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I know. I know. Uh, I, the one, what that, I remember a story. I was in Sarasota, Florida once, and I was playing this bar, and it was a uh, it was kind of a little bit of a rough bar, and uh, for some reason, and I don't know what the reason is, guy in the audience, and he was in the back, and it had a big spotlight on me, so I couldn't see him, but he just, for no reason, would just yell out the words chicken wire, just yelled out chicken wire over and over and over again. And I think he was talking about like uh, from the Blues Brothers where, you know, they had to play behind the chicken wire fence and their people were throwing beers at him and stuff like that. But he was just yelling it out and it didn't really make a lot of sense in context. And then, uh, so at one point in time, I, I just let it go for a while cause it didn't make any sense. And then I, I finally snapped on the guy and, and had a few choice words and the guy rushes the stage. But when he, when he rushes to the stage, I find it like I'm on an elevated stage. So I'm like a foot or so off the ground and he rushes to the stage and I realized that this guy's taller than me, and he's on the ground, and I'm on a stage. So he's easily a foot, foot and a half taller than me. He's got to be – the guy's got to be, you know, close to seven feet tall, you know, six and a half, seven feet tall. And he's got this giant mullet and, uh, and a big mustache, and he, uh, like, just jumps up on stage, grabs me, and puts me in a, in a bear hug on the stage. And I'm like, now I can't breathe, and I'm yelling, uh-huh, Security! And nobody was doing anything. Everyone's just sitting there, like, "Oh, he's on his own." I guess he's dead now, you know. And uh, but finally, the guy was just drops me on the ground, the and then, what's that?
3: Did they think it was part of the
7: show? I don't know. I don't know if they thought that, but it certainly wasn't. But he finally drops drops me on the ground, storms out the door, and I'm just trying to save face and say something. And I go, uh, "What was that?" Like Redneck Magnum PI. What just happened? And he comes <laughs> back in. He goes, "You still talking stuff?" And I'm like. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Uh it, I I was scared I was scared. I was scared for my life at that point in time. But I survived and I'm still here.
3: That's awesome. Steve Storm I guess you've got about uh, fourteen minutes. And I, I wanna uh add a little bit to that real quick here. Uh now with that being said, could you do anything with that like uh, was it like one of those situations like they used to have here at Courtney's? It used to be like three nights, Friday night, Saturday night, and Sunday night, or actually Friday night and then or Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night. Uh, was that like a three-night gig or uh, just a one-night gig that you were there? When that happened? This was that
7: was happened? Yeah, this was a one-nighter on a Thursday, and uh, I don't know how many shows they've ever done, and I don't think they did too many after that either. It was just one of those places that somebody decided to try comedy and – and they threw me in there, and it wasn't the right fit. Because it's one of those places where nobody paid a cover charge, nobody that was in there even knew comedy was going on. And that's the hardest way to do comedy is the ambush-style comedy when, uh, when you show up to do a show and everybody's there like, what are you, what are you doing? Why you, why'd you turn off the music? You know, we wanted to hear music. We don't want to hear, you know, this idiot up on stage telling jokes. And uh, it was one of those situations. And I remember my feature act uh, didn't do well, and I brought him with me. He didn't do well. He probably bailed out a little bit early, and uh, then I went up there and I didn't do well either. But you know, I did my time because that's what you're supposed to do, and uh, I collected my money and left as quick as I possibly
0: could.
3: You know, in uh, one real quick thing that we'll talk, we'll drop we'll hecklers. But uh, I remember uh, this one comedian. He was at uh, our local club that we were talking about, and uh, he said that uh, the guy this guy, he just all of a sudden got up and stormed out, you know. And then mm-hmm. uh, he goes out to his vehicle, and apparently if you're a comedian and you have a, a license plate from another state, it's pretty obvious whose car it is. Uh, yeah. He he walked out to his car, and the guy had peed on his car, Uh, you know, got <laughs> up on the hood and peed on his car. And then he goes, in the, he goes back in the club and said, someone just peed my car. And he said, oh, that was Mitch. He does that to all the comedians he doesn't like. And I'm like, <laughs>
0: really? Uh,
3: you know, that 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 club would probably get shut down pretty quick too if that's uh, if that rumor gets around that there's someone that's doing that.
7: Yeah, that that would not be fun. I had a a buddy of mine um, who was a comedian. He used to have a, a personalized plate that said uh, "unfunny," which is kind of a funny plate until you bomb at a club and drive away while everybody in the audience is standing outside watching you leave with a license plate that says unfunny. Uh.
3: Well, you know, that's, that's why I have Icon on my license plate. That way, whenever anybody sees me going down the road, they know they're Get out of my way. Anyway, so we have Steve as <laughs> our guest here, on 89.1 KENS FM. we got about uh, 12 minutes. And for those of you who listen to our show on a regular basis, if you go to our Facebook page, attitude Era Air, Monday Live Monday, like that, go to 89.1 KENS FM, like that, do a $10 a month donation power shower We'll get you automatically qualified to win an uh, uh, autographed picture or a memorabilia from a past guest, current guest, or future guest. Uh, Steve sent us some goodies that we're going to be giving away for our big uh, July show, and we do appreciate that, Steve, and uh, one yeah. well, thing I do want to ask you, we won't we uh, we uh, dwell on it too much, but, you know, we did have the COVID thing. How did that affect you and your career?
7: Yeah, so COVID was weird because um, <clears throat> I didn't know what I was going to do, right, because it, it happened pretty quickly. Like, I still remember um, I was doing a club. On a, on a Saturday night, and people were talking about it, and they're talking to me afterwards, and they're, like, going, oh, they're, they're talking about shutting everything down. And I'm like, oh, it's, it's probably not going to happen. They're just going to say that. Maybe they'll, they'll shut down New York City. Maybe they'll shut down, like, Los Angeles or something. But the Midwest, it's not going to be a problem. And then, and then, then it was. It, like, the Monday uh, immediately, I mean, I think the states did it in different orders, but, like, immediately my shows started to drop. And, like, I had this all these shows lined up. And, uh, like, I had a really great schedule, and then all of a sudden this one's dropping, and this one's dropping, and the next one's dropping. I didn't, I didn't know what I was going to do. And um, so I think uh, every comic kind of struggled and tried to figure out what they were going to do. And so the first thing I started doing was I said, okay, I'm going to try to figure out a way that I can still pay my bills because I didn't have, you know, a ton of money saved up. It's not really what, what comics do. And I had some money. I just didn't want to have to, to get into it if I, if I didn't need to. So the first thing I did is I started uh, – I sent this out, and I started offering to write, rewrite comedy uh, bios for comedians because one of the things I've noticed is that there's so many comedians out there that are great comedians that have terrible bios, and that's one of the things I, that I thought people could really use. So I went and I said, okay, I'm going to uh, offer this out, and, uh, and a lot of people took me up for it. I, I made a – made made, I probably made two or three out of the gate, and then I started using those as samples, and – once people saw those samples, people really jumped onto it. That's where my writing really started from there was that uh, rewriting those bios. So the first month I, I wrote probably 200 comedy bios. And uh, that's what I was doing like, all day long, every day, just rewriting comedy bios for people and uh, enough to pay my bills. And that's when I said, you know what? I had this idea for a novel and I, I, I got to do something. I got to, you know, idle hands, as they say. So I started, uh, I said, I'm just going to sit down and I'm going to write You know, I'm just gonna write. And I had this idea. I never had time to write it. And I sat down. I didn't know if I'd ever be able to finish it. I didn't know how long COVID was gonna last. And if it didn't last, you know, my novel never got finished. And that's fine. I still had. I still did something with my time. Uh, I did. I sat down. I started writing it. And meanwhile, um, I was trying to get shows wherever I could. And uh, there were some uh, some uh, Zoom shows, and I, I did two or three of those. And I didn't like it. It just doesn't. You know. Zoom comedy just didn't work for me. I I know that there's some be, comics that probably did well.
4: work a the audience,
7: right? Yeah, it's 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 just not the same. It just doesn't work for me. And the timing was off, and it was weird because uh, I'm a pretty energetic comic, and it's weird being energetic by yourself, you know, in your in your living room. You know, it just doesn't it just doesn't have the same feel to it. So that was kind of weird. And then I started uh, flying across the country to whatever places would have me because. Um, you know, flights were cheap. Like I, I, I remember flying to uh, to Denver for forty dollars round trip, and I did a couple of these uh, parking lot shows where they, you're at driving movie theaters and and just parking lots outside of bars and doing shows where you're up on a stage and people are in their cars and they're they're flashing their headlights to tell you they had a you know they liked the joke and honking their horns and it was it was strange. And I did other shows where they had tables that were six feet apart and there's only, they're only allowing 15 people in a room at a time or, or an outside show um, in somebody's backyard. And, you know, I did whatever I could, you know, to keep performing. And I think I performed more than than most comedians did because there's some comedians I know that didn't do a show at all for a year and a half, maybe two years. But uh, knock on wood, I think the longest I ever went without doing a single show was 30 days. But uh, it was rough for a while. But, I, you know, again, it was one of those things where um, you just have to adapt to whatever situation. It made me happy to know that, you know, worst-case scenario, um, I could still survive, and, and I did. So I'm happy about that.
3: Well, you know, I will say one thing about COVID that uh, did help, uh, uh, help myself, not that anybody cares, but uh, we actually had a, a nationally certificated comedian uh, come and perform live at our wedding reception after me and my wife wow. got married. Yeah, he he flew down here and we got him a room and he was really nice and uh I haven't heard from him since. So uh, I d I don't know, I must have uh, the the check must have bounced. But anyway, uh we have Steve as our guest here. We got about uh, uh six minutes here with our man here. So tell us, uh if our fans wanna come check you out and see you so we don't forget this, you got a Facebook, an Instagram, YouTube, a Twitter, a Twitch, a TikTok, what do you got?
6: Yeah, so um,
7: I have my own website, stevestabo.com, dot com, s t e v e s a b o. dot com. I have a, I have a Facebook page and a Facebook fan page, and you can find me at s sabo comic for that. I'm also um, uh, on Instagram at s sabo comic. I don't currently have a Twitter, and I don't currently have a uh, TikTok or anything like that. I just I don't know how much I love those things. I just, <laughs> I, I find them to be like time sucks, and I I don't I want to avoid those if I can. But uh, um, if you Google me, you can you can definitely find me. And obviously, I've got um, a lot of stuff on Amazon. I have all my CDs are on Amazon, all my books are on Amazon, and I have five books currently and seven CDs. So there's there's a lot of Steve Sabo out there. I'm also on Pandora. I I, I was one of the very first comics to have a Pandora station. I don't know why or how, but I I was, and um, Rhapsody. Um, you know, uh, YouTube, definitely on YouTube, at Sable Comic on YouTube as well. So I got a bunch of stuff going on.
3: That's awesome, Steve. And when, one thing I'd like to ask you is, like, you know, as a comedian, you've got to have a hero. Uh, who is your comedic hero, and did you, have you ever had a chance to meet him or do a show with him? Yeah, so my, uh,
7: <clears throat> that's a good, that's a really good question. Nobody's ever asked me that before. My, uh, my favorite comedian of all time is Bill Burr. And uh, I don't know what it is about him, but he touches me in so many different ways. Uh, not, not, a, not a creepy way. You know what I mean? Like, he, uh, <laughs> like we connect. <laughs> there's, a, there's a connection. Like, like the way he thinks is kind of the way I think. Like he had a, I saw him do a joke once where his, you know, uh, his, girl, his wife, I guess now, but she had said, you know, I don't understand. You go from zero to ten like, just like that. He's like, okay, first off, I idle at seven, so I don't even know what you're talking about. And uh, and I feel that in my soul, right? I'm always so high strung, but I've never got a chance to work with him. I've never even got a chance to meet him. I've seen him uh, live three times, and in and in a, and I love it every single time. Um, I uh, I worked with Dave Attell. He was one of my heroes forever, and I I absolutely love that guy. Uh, I've worked with Chris Rock. Um, he was one of my idols growing up. I've got a chance to was you know something that you
3: what's that was that before the slap.
7: Oh, yeah, pre-slap Chris Rock. Yeah, this was actually, um, when I uh, worked with Chris Rock, it was like his his first year, I believe, on Saturday Night Live, and uh, like it was right before he really blew up. It was right before he did uh, Bigger and Blacker, which became his, his, you know, his really big breakout. But um, he was still somebody that I remembered um, from way back in the day. I had his very first uh, comedy cassette tape back in the day, and uh, I always liked that guy. I thought he was great. And uh, oh, so many, there's so many, you know, comedy is one of those things where you can meet your heroes, you know, right and left. Like right now, um, one of my favorites, uh, uh, Nate bargazzi, he's really blowing up. And I think he's, he's just so great. And, um, you know, I almost got into, you know, like uh, Brian Regan is a great comic and uh, this is a story for another day, but I almost got into a bar fight with, with uh, Brian Regan's uh, brother, uh, Dennis Regan. So, uh, you know, you never know what's going to go on in in the world of comedy, and it's it's always fun.
3: You know, and what I I know I know Bill Burr too. I mean, uh, he if anybody that uh, has never seen Bill Burr, he kind of looks like Rick Harrison from The Pond Stars. So yeah, he he's he is funny. I know exactly who he is. That's awesome. Uh, Steve Sabo is our guest here. We got about uh, 120 seconds here, and uh, we actually <laughs> might uh, keep you on just a little bit longer until our next guest calls in. Uh, because I know that uh she is currently in Europe somewhere and uh, for everybody Ooh. that listens to the show, uh my uh sense of time zones is not that good. Yeah. It's been all documented on the show, but uh when uh how many events you got coming up, uh uh, do you, uh are you pretty much planned out booked out for the rest of the year or just for a couple months or what do you what's your outlook like?
0: Yeah,
7: you know it's uh <clears throat> It's weird. Comedy is weird, especially going into summer, uh, because I don't know if anybody knows this or not, but one of the insights uh, into the the world of comedy is that when the weather turns good, people don't want to be indoors. So uh, a lot of the comedy clubs, they go down, and instead of doing like a whole week of shows, they might do two shows. Uh, Some clubs that usually just do weekends or just do one-nighters, they stop doing shows completely. So um, I have shows booked. Like I have all my Saturdays booked through uh, except for one actually booked through September, um, and uh, but uh, you know I, I have I have some holes like I've got I've got you know I, I have Thursday nights open I have some Fridays that are open I'm trying to fill those in. It's just looking pretty good like for a comic if you have three months booked up solid you're doing all right so um, I'm I'm pretty okay as far as that goes and uh, I've got a couple shows booked and I think I have like at least one week booked. Uh, every month out of the year, um, I think I just have one week in October, one week in November, one week in December, but I'm, a, I'm at least you know in that sense. And I like to have some openings, especially when it comes to later in the year in December because you do a lot of corporate shows and um, you don't want to be booked solid and and miss out on, on the big money events. So, um, I'm, I'm happy with that, but I've got um, I got some great shows coming up, I'm, I'm happy about that. And uh, yeah, I'm gonna be all I'm gonna be all over the place. Like I've got so many states coming up. Uh, in in two weeks, I'll be in uh, in Georgia, and Florida. I'm in uh, Illinois coming up. I'm in Michigan. All, all over the place. I'm I've got uh, I've got Missouri. I've got uh, Iowa. I've got Colorado. I'm you know I'm all over this country.
3: And uh, I'll tell you what, if you're ever uh, ever close to uh, us, uh, like uh, if you're ever close to Granny or uh, the icon or Matthias, uh, maybe I could call you up. You'll probably disconnect your number now. You'll probably uh, change it now that I have it. But uh, maybe uh, if you're close to us, if uh, we come uh, let you know that we're going to be where you're at, maybe we can get some tickets for the show or something.
7: Absolutely. If I have any opportunity to get you tickets, I absolutely will. Obviously, if I end up opening for somebody like Bill Burr, they're not going to give me any tickets. But uh, uh, yes. if, if I'm headlining a show anywhere in the country, uh, you will absolutely be my guest, all of you guys, absolutely.
3: And that is recorded, folks, so all I got to do is play it. Well, I'll tell you what, Steve, I want to thank you for joining us tonight. You are awesome. You are great. And we'll definitely love to have you on again. You are the best. Thank you for joining us tonight. <clears> we appreciate it. Thank you,
0: thank guys.
3: You all right. Steve Sable, ladies and gentlemen, looks like our next guest is waiting in the wings, so we need to take a quick little break from our one of our sponsors. We'll be back after these messages. Stick with us so you're outside looking at that ticking time bomb of snow on your roof. A phone
7: call to Elevated Concrete and Snow Removal will solve that problem. They can be reached at 701-866-9018 or at Elevated Concrete and Snow Removal on Facebook. Their concrete work includes driveways, sidewalks, walkways, approaches, garage floors, patios, and shed pads. Plus, they offer decorative or stamped concrete as well, and all estimates are free. Once winter is over, they are ready for any concrete project you have. Elevated concrete and snow
3: removal at 701-866-9018. And they are a great uh, thing. Uh, the good thing is the snow is dissipating out in our area. I keep telling everybody where we come from. We have four seasons, winter flood, road construction, and football. But right now, stepping out of the green room and walking down the aisle, one of the most beautiful actresses in Hollywood today. And her name says it all. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the lovely, the vivacious. She is Varushka. Can you hear me? Yeah, go ahead. You hear-
5: you're listening to the eighty nine point one pens FM with your host, the icon. Godmother of wrestling messiah. Reminder, PG.
3: There you go. Uh one thing I will say, Virushka, is your phone kind of cut out uh during that whole thing. So hopefully uh uh, we'll we'll be able to get through the interview but uh it's it's okay uh we're we're used to some technical issues here no problem
5: picking up really badly, so i'm not sure why.
3: well we'll uh, we'll uh, we'll fight through it no problem uh but like i say, your phone <laughs> keeps cutting out but anyway uh is our guest here on eighty nine point one kens f m and we got uh thirty minutes with the uh, lovely actress here. So here's what we're gonna do here, uh Verushka. If you wanna give us a little background about yourself and i will ask you a few questions. Then we'll do a round table, then we'll come back to me and I'll ask you the tougher of questions.
1: Kid We lose her?
3: Uh well it's uh I don't know if <laughs> I, I don't know, know if
1: it's the check, connection check. or your
3: phone or what?
5: Could be the connection. Um why? Do you want me to restart?
3: Are you uh well? Are you on a uh? I know this is ribbon radio for everybody. So are you on a cell phone or are you on a landline or are you in yeah, a bad? I'm on a, uh,
5: I'm on a cell phone. I'm on a cell phone. All
3: right. Well, we'll 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 uh, we'll, we'll proceed here. Um,
5: okay. Uh,
3: we'll we'll just uh, make it work. Uh, let's see here. Uh, you. Uh, are an actress, as we established, and uh, one of the things I was going to ask you about uh, on your bio is it says that uh, you grew up all over the world, uh, your do- uh, the daughter of a four, uh, foreign service officer. Is that true?
5: Yes, that's correct.
3: Yeah, was that's that like? my
5: first language. Well, my first language with English was Japanese, and I uh, never kept it up, though, but um and we moved around every two years. It was quite amazing for some people. Some people don't like that kind of lifestyle, but I thought it was amazing and um, learned a lot of languages. Yeah, it was great.
3: That, that is pretty awesome. Now, uh, I would guess, and then when we're done here, there's one uh, uh, friend of yours I want to ask you about, see if you can uh, hook us up with him, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. But uh, now you, uh, you've, had, uh, you've done a few, uh, a few movies here, and uh, we're going to talk about those. Uh, a Crack in Everything, uh, When It's Not Your Time, On the Road to You, and Paradise River. Uh, those are, I believe, all short films, correct?
5: Yes, um, except A Crack in Everything is actually um, uh, meant to be a feature film I had to put on hold. But, um, yeah, the other ones are short films.
3: Now is that a film that you're gonna pick up eventually?
5: Yes. Um I had to put it on hold um because I got Lyme disease. Oh and I, was no. very, I was very yeah, I was very, very sick. Um and uh, still struggling with chronic it's a chronic version of it, so um still struggling. But um yeah, I hope to pick it back up. It was kind of a labor of love. <laughs> um yeah, in fact, I moved up to where I'm living now um, to, to actually fight fracking. Um, and, and that was what the film was about. I learned a lot and uh, realized that it was something that people need to understand what, what's going on. And there's been documentaries about it, but no, nobody has really made a very good feature film about the subject matter. And there's just so much to, to deal with.
3: Now uh so I don't want uh, to keep mispronouncing your last name. How do you mis- uh how, how do you pronounce your last name?
5: It's um Franceschi.
3: Franceschi. So I was right. Verushka Franceschi. It's like Russian and French and English and it's it, it's Italian. It's all languages all in one. It's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's
5: me. I'm a mixture of everything. And, you know, with an Italian, I've got Italian blood. I have some Danish. I have some German, Polish, Prussian. Yeah, it's a big, big mixture.
3: And technically you could say that you're technically a world traveler because you've been all over the world. Yes, everywhere pretty much. Uh, Varushka is our guest here on 89.1 Kids FM. We got about 26 minutes uh, left with uh, Varushka. Uh, I'm going to introduce you to my co- uh, first co-host and then I'll introduce you to my second one. And we're going to come back to me. I'm going to ask you some tougher questions about some of the, uh, uh some of your, uh, things in your life. But, uh, Granny, what do you have for our guest? She is Varushka. She is lovely. We got 26 minutes. Go ahead.
1: Well, welcome to the show to have you on with us tonight here. And, in- on Attitude Era Monday Live Monday on Ken's eighty nine point one FM. Uh, what is your one of your favorite types of movies you like to do? That I like to do, or that I like yeah, to yeah. Well, to that, to make. that you've done, or that you've done, or that you like, that you enjoy doing. Well, one of the well, one of the things
5: um, I'm am also a producer, so a producer writer. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Okay. So um, my I guess the the kind of film I love <clears throat> to do the most is a film that's um, a either a film about social issues um, combined with um, a thriller.
0: <laughs> so, oh wow. Um,
5: yeah, so I, in fact, that's what I was working on. You know, a crack and everything was actually um, a thriller, and at the same time dealing with the social with social issues. So, uh, you know, trying to get a message across, but also having people enjoy what they're seeing, you know, and not put them to sleep as though it was a documentary. I mean, not that mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think all documentaries are boring, but um, you know, you want people to to be able to watch the entire film without falling asleep. So no. absolutely.
3: That's that's our, that's our goal on this show when we, uh, when we when we come on the air. That's uh we're hoping that people know we don't put people to sleep. But if you want to talk about a guy that uh, likes to put uh, people to sleep, it's not uh my co host here, but uh it is um it is uh his name is Matthias, he is a modern nightmare and uh uh he he was telling me that he saw some uh photos of you when he heard that uh, you were gonna be on tonight, he was uh, wondering if uh uh, you might need a new head of security, and he like to volunteer for that. What do you got, Matthias? Go ahead.
6: Well, <laughs> yes, you are talking to the man from every woman's greatest dream and every man's worst nightmare, North Dakota's number one heel, current reigning, defending, undisputed APW World Heavyweight I'm Champion and soon-to-be EWI Epic. Soon-to-be EWI <laughs> Epic Champion and BZW World Tag Team Champion an honorary member of the New World Order, Matthias. Welcome on to my part of the program. Now, one of my questions to you, and I heard you say thriller films, because uh, horror films are my, uh, my number one uh, type of film. Is there a director out there that, is, is there, what, what is one of your biggest influences that got you into being an actress? Was it a film? Was it a person in a film? Like, what, what, uh, Pushed you into the the career of uh, being an actress.
5: Well, um, I started actually modeling very young, and my mother actually wanted to be an actress, so she um, encouraged me to actually pursue that. And uh, I went to drama school and in, in Europe, um, in Paris and in London, and uh what i what got me inspired also to become a producer as well is because of the roles that i saw for women were just pretty embarrassing <laughs> a lot of the scripts i was reading you know there were like 10 male roles really good male roles you know well-rounded characters and then there were like two women that were pretty you know uh, boring characters and uh, so I think that's what made me feel passionate about wanting to get more involved in creating my own projects. Uh, be, you know, I wanted to, to, to sort of change the the landscape out there for women. So that was really important to me.
6: Okay, that makes sense. And then um, let's just take a quick trip back in time. And you were just starting your career you were just getting started in what you've been involved with, as you said, modeling and being behind the camera as well, or producing and acting. Uh, if they were to look at you and say you can only choose one, one thing you've ever gotten to do, and that has to be your, like your, your one thing that you get to do for the rest of your life, you can either model, you can either be an actress, or you can do a, be a producer. Uh, which one would you choose and why?
3: Hey, Verushka, before you ask that, we got, we got to do a quick little thing here. We'll be right back. One second.
6: Okay. You're listening
4: to 89.1 KENS FM, KNNZ FM, Holly, Fargo-Moorhead. Independent public radio for Fargo-Moorhead and the Valley. Also on the web at com.
3: All right, Verushka, go ahead. Can you-
5: well, that's a very, very difficult question, <laughs> um, but I would have to say that um, probably a producer, and not that, I mean, it's very close, producing and acting, um, but I would have to say producer because I actually love the creation of the project. I love to work on meaningful projects and projects that I, I think need to be done, and, yeah, I think that's that's something that I'm really good at. I'm good at putting people together as well, Uh and I, I do really really love directing as well. So, it's it's really hard. It's a very difficult question.
6: So then you would say you would prefer like for any sort of film you would rather do you would rather do be behind the camera than in front of it?
5: I mean, not really. I just I just would love to cre- I I just love the creation of the projects. I love that part of it, like actually creating something, like creating a story that works. Uh, there's mm-hmm. nothing more amazing than actually seeing something that you've, you've written or, you know, conceived of and coming to life. We're, you know, acting in it is amazing as well, you know, if you are able to do that. And I love doing it. I love being in front of the camera too. But that's what I'm saying. It's, it's a really difficult choice. <laughs> but, if I, if yes. you, if, you know, if you're saying to me that I absolutely had to pick Then I guess it would be behind the camera.
6: Okay, yeah. When I um, I used to always want to use my phone and film stuff, and I'd always like being the creative. But I also like myself being a pro wrestler. I love being in front of the camera because I get to portray. Or like if I'm out in front, like at a wrestling show, or if I'm doing whatever, if I'm doing an art uh, film project or whatever, I can portray a certain character, that kind of thing. But it's always, like you said, it's always nice to be able to look at something that you've done yourself come to life or, again, to produce a story or whatever the case may be, because that's also like in the world of pro wrestling when you you build this storyline up for this whole situation, and it's always great to see it come to life. So I've, I've, I've been on both sides, and, and if I were to pick – I would have to say, honestly, just for me, because sometimes my brain does not like to work as much as I'd like it to. And for some people, when I write stuff, it just doesn't make a lot of sense. So if I'd have to pick, I'd definitely be in front. Uh, that's, all the,
3: that's all the chair shots that you've taken.
6: Yeah, you know, I mean, back when, I mean, high school, college rotted my brain. And then professional wrestling, concussions, and all this kind of stuff, it all just kind of rotted away on itself. So, yeah, it's just getting old. <laughs> Uh, we have Verushka uh, as our guest here on
3: 89.1 Kenseth, and I want to ask you about the series that, I, that we want to talk about here and uh, you get to work with one of my heroes and I'm hoping that after we're done here maybe you might be willing to help hook me up uh, with my hero and have him be a guest on our show we'll talk about that in a second King Lear is what I'm referring to now you get to work with my hero James Cromwell I have been a friend of James Cromwell since I was five years old when he was in the movie Tank with uh, James Garner as a Deputy Euclid and also in Revenge of the Nerds as a Mr. Skuldig. He has been my comedic and acting hero since I was five years old, and I love the man. What is it like working with James Cromwell?
5: Well, first of all, he's a national treasure, in my opinion.
3: Yes, he is. And, I love the guy.
5: You know, he, yeah, he's, he's an extraordinary person and very rare for actors as far as I, my experience is he really doesn't have this massive ego. You know, he, he's incredibly um, modest. He's, he's too modest in my opinion, because I think he, he doesn't realize how magical he is. Um, And he has a heart of gold He's just an extraordinary man. I, I'm so inspired by him. I'm, I'm, he's also an activist, and um, that's actually how I met him, um, because we both were, you know, on the same side of, of trying to raise awareness about the drilling that was happening as well as he, all the, the effects in, in his community. His community was getting hit hard, um, but, um, and he went to jail. So he's not just an incredible actor. I mean, he's he's been in so many different movies. You know, he's just such an aware, amazing mind. He just he really has one of the best minds, and he and I actually have had the most incredible conversations probably that I've ever had with anybody. Um, So, and it's I don't know if you know this or maybe you do if you're a fan of his. Um, his father, John Cromwell, uh, directed many, many movies, including movies of yep. Betty Davis. Yeah, are you familiar with John Cromwell?
3: Yes, sir. I mean, yes, ma'am. Sorry.
5: <laughs> <laughs>
3: yes, sir, to John Cromwell, because he,
5: he was amazing as well in his own right. So, you know, Jamie and his mother was, and Jamie's mother was also um, an actress. And um, so, you know, he, he kind of grew up in Hollywood, and uh, he can pretty much do anything, you know, if you've you know, seen him in The Queen. You know, he played the, Prince Philip. He's pr- played the Elder Bush. I mean, he's just been an extraordinary talent, that, you know, one of, one of the t- big talents <clears throat> I think we have in this country.
3: You know, and another thing that uh, me and Mr. Cromwell share and have in common, uh, our birthday is January 27th. That was the other reason why he was my hero, because he and I share the same birth date. (laughs) Okay. Well, yeah, the only thing is it's in the winter, and no one ever wants to come to any of my birthday parties because it's always (laughs) snowing outside here, you know? Yeah. But, uh, yeah, you know, like I can can, um, um, understand. Go ahead. I think uh your your phone's cutting out again there. I'm sorry. Are you still there?
5: Yes, I'm here.
3: Okay. Uh but I'll tell you what, I'll understand if you turn me down for that, but if, if there is any way that you can uh uh see if you would be wanting to be a guest on our show here, uh you would you would make my wife because like I said, i oh. I've, I've I've looked up to James Cromwell ever since I was five years old watching. uh, I used to watch the movie Tank with him as, like I said, definitely Euclid. I used to watch that every single day one summer, uh, and I I, I know the movie by heart. Uh, He was kind of a bad guy in that movie, but still, uh, I I loved him ever since. And then uh, when he was in Revenge of the Nerds uh, as the uh, father of Louis Golnick, uh, I just – I, I, I've i always been in love with the guy. He's always been a hero of mine.
5: Yes. He's, he, he's a hero of mine too. So we have that in common. Um, I will ask him, of course. Um, he's very busy. He's, you know, he was just working on succession. Um, have you been watching succession?
3: Yes, I have. I sure have.
5: Well, that's another friend of mine. Um, you know, there's people on on that set. They're they're amazing. It's an amazing cast and crew, by the way. Um, everybody on that uh, that show deserves all the accolades that they get. is you know, amazing. And, Brian Cox.
3: And another uh, another uh, individual that you get to work with all the time is uh, Lawrence Fishburne uh, from uh, uh, CSI, of course. And uh, of course, I've been a fan of Lawrence. You'll probably think I'm just saying this, but I've been a fan of Lars Fishburne ever since he was in the uh, TV show Pee uh, Wee's uh, uh, Playhouse uh, when he was Cowboy Curtis. So, I mean, you, you get to work with all my all my childhood heroes. Do You know how lucky you are to do this.
5: <laughs> well, I, I do feel I feel very fortunate. Um, they're amazing people.
3: Uh, we I, have. I'm, uh, I'm just. On. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say we have Varushka Ver- as our guest here We have, on 89.1 Kens FM. We've got 11 minutes here. And for those of you who go to, uh, listen to our show on a regular basis, if you go to our Facebook page, As You Monday Live Monday, like that. Go to 89.1 Kens like that. Do a $10 a month donation, pile the tower. We'll get you automatically qualified to win an autograph picture from past guests, current guests, or future guests. Uh, Varushka, will you be willing to send us a few autographs for giveaways? Of course. Of course. All right, I'll send you the address on uh, on Facebook Messenger. That's how we've uh, hooked up because uh, you're one of the few that won't give me your phone number, and I understand that. So anyway, <laughs> so so now, you, like I said, you're working on King Lear. What other big projects have you got going on right now?
5: Well, actually, I'm in, in development with a couple of other really interesting projects. Um, there's a documentary that um, we're in development with. Um, uh, are you familiar with Delaney and, and Bonnie?
2: Yes,
3: I am. Sure.
5: Bo- Bonnie Bramlett, yeah, Bonnie Bramlett. Um, there's a musical actually that's being written currently um, about her, and um, concurrently we're doing a documentary on on her. She's an extraordinary woman, um, and she wrote a song that maybe a lot of people are familiar with that was made famous by Karen Carpenter. Um, Superstar. Yep, and uh, she's just been she's been a bright light in the music world and has the most incredible stories you've ever heard. She's a very lovely, amazing person. So I'm super excited to be working on that um, as a, as a as a producer, associate producer, and um, <clears throat> and then I'm also working um, producing another film. That will be set in Madeira, which is about um, the exiles of Madeira in the 1840s. It's a very interesting, kind of shocking story about how the Catholic Church um, went, you know, went head to head with um, people who became uh, Bible readers, and they weren't allowed to read the Bible. I think a lot of people don't know about this story. It's a really fascinating story. So. So I'm working on in development on that too. So, and I've had, i you know, as I mentioned, I had to put my own project on hold, um, but I hope to get back to that after I finish with these other projects.
3: So now we we talked about uh, a crack and everything. Now that that would have to be classified as your baby, correct? And you really want to get that yes. made?
5: Yes. Yes.
3: Yes. And. Uh, what uh, would you say your, your time frame would be for wanting to get that off the ground and get it going again?
5: Uh, probably next year. Yeah, probably sometime next year. Um, I, um, I'm, you know, pretty focused on these three projects. You know, Lear with Jamie, we've got, we got to, you know, get that off the ground. Um, then we have the Bonnie Bramlett project and this project in Madeira. Um, so I won't really be able to put my, my focus on on a Crack and Everything again until next year. Um, but, you know, it took Selma Hayek 10 years to make Frida. So, you know, people don't realize how long it is to take, how long it takes to make a film um, from start to finish, you know, from the, the initiation of something. And, you know, I think that as I mentioned before, you know, I I just I I love that process of creating, you know, but I don't. What I don't love is the is the time it takes. <laughs> it's really it can be way too long.
3: Well, you know, I uh, I can't I can't speak for Matthias and Granny, but uh, if you're looking for actors and actresses to be part of the film, whether it be a walk-on role or someone to uh, carry your bags and do stuff around the set for you. <laughs> Uh, I, I am willing to, uh, go wherever you need me to go to help you out with this film if you, uh, get it off the ground, and I can bring Matthias with me and I'll bring Granny with me. Uh, we'll, be, uh, oh, be, we'll be, we'll be, uh, we'll be your three rocks, as they say. Wonderful. That would be amazing. Now, Matthias, would you
6: be down for that? Like I said, always a new opportunity. Let's, uh, we gotta make something happen, right? Now, Granny, would you be up for that and bring your cookies?
1: Absolutely.
3: See, hey, there you go. You even got a free batch of cookies too. Uh.
1: <laughs> well, what's your favorite? What's your favorite cookie? Chocolate chip. Chocolate <laughs> chip. Okay. Well, yeah. she, makes, she
3: makes these big monster Varusha, Varusha, She makes these big monster chocolate chip cookies, and uh, we'll have her bring you. I don't
1: make big chocolate chip cookies. I call it. I just. I do make cookies once in a while, but you know they're not like overly huge, I mean, you know, I, I got this well, cookie think, the other day from a friend of mine that uh, some person that owns this cookie place, they call it the cookie fact. Now, that was a big cookie. My chocolate chip cookies aren't that big, but I like to think that I my chocolate chip cookies taste pretty that. good. So. <laughs>
3: Uh, we got, uh, here here's our guest here. We got about, uh, two minutes here left. Uh, Barushka, if our fans <coughs> want to check you out, if you got a Facebook, an Instagram, YouTube, a Twitter, a Twitch, a TikTok. What do you got?
5: Well, I'm right now, um, pretty much mostly active on Facebook the most. Um, I do have a Twitter. Um, my Twitter is at Shapeshifter. I mean, I'm sorry, Shapeshift Dream. I keep forgetting. Shapeshift Dream. That's my Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, I don't really use Instagram that much yet, but um, I'm not really that active on it. So, yeah, it's mainly just Facebook and, and Twitter sometimes.
3: Well, you know, I'll tell you what, uh, Ruska, you have been awesome, and uh, I, uh, I'll uh, I'll contact you after the show to uh, go over the autograph thing. And like I say, you have just been the – Uh, the salt of the earth and you are wonderful and we're glad that you joined us tonight and took time out of your schedule and like i say i will be forever in your debt i'll come work on every single movie that you make for the rest of your life uh and the rest of my life if you can hook me up with james Cromwell, i'll do everything you need for free if you can hook that up
5: (laughs) well i will ask him and you send me um any information that you want for him to see and be happy to do that
3: awesome all right, well, I'll tell you what, Ruska, you have been most wonderful. I thank you for taking time, and uh, we hope that you'd be willing to join us again, definitely.
1: I'm it evening.
5: was a lot of fun. It was, even though I was very tired, <laughs> I was up at 5 this morning, so I was very tired, but it was really wonderful to meet you all. You guys are, are a lot of fun.
3: And I promise I'll stop calling you at 5 in the morning and wake you up to let you know that you have an interview with us in 12 hours. I promise I'll stop <laughs> doing that. <laughs>
5: That's okay. No problem.
3: All right, guys. Thank you for listening. Have a good night. Thank you so much.
5: You too. Have a great night, everybody.
3: All right. Uh, We we have our next guest waiting in the wings here, so uh, we need to take a quick little commercial break, uh, uh, hear from one of our sponsors, and then after that uh, we'll be back with our next guest. So stick with us after these messages.
4: As you know, 89.1 Ken's FM is funded through donations by our listeners and sponsorships from area businesses. If your business would like to sponsor Ken's FM and reach thousands of young adults and college students every day, contact us at 218-585-3067 or at info at ken'sfm.com. Any one of us can help you get your sponsorship started. We have many packages available to fit your budget. So contact us today at 218-585-3067 or at info at KenzFM dot com. And thanks for listening
3: to eighty nine point one Ken's FM. Ladies and gentlemen, stepping out of the green room and walking down the aisle. The guy that has been on hold this last week. Ladies and gentlemen, he is the pride of Kentucky State University. He is David Javaz.
2: Hey, welcome. I'm glad to be here.
3: How you doing, my hey, man? Good to have you.
2: Good, good. Um should I go ahead and do the, the promo now? The... Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Hey, this is David Shabazz. You're listening to the Attitude Era Monday, live on 89.1 KENS FM, with your host, the icon, the big swing, the godmother of wrestling, Granny Hulkster, and the modern Mike Mayer, Matthias. So how are you, David? Good to have you with. And I appreciate you staying on hold of us since last week. We're glad to have you. <laughs> Great, great. I mean, it's it's uh, it's just my crazy schedule, and, and I got so, um, and my job, everything is so, such an emergency, it's such a right now kind of thing, so I was into the, when you contacted me, I'm like, oh, crap, it must be time for me to do the interview, so I didn't even look at the dates. I'm just thinking, okay, I've got to do this, and um, I was ready to go, <laughs> but that was totally on me.
3: Well, I tell you what—we're glad that uh, you, you stuck around, and uh, we uh, we appreciate it. And uh, basically, what we're going to do here is we're going to have a little fun with you here. Uh, if you uh, want to give us a little background about yourself, and then uh, we'll have some fun with the interview here.
2: Good, good. Um, uh, David Shabazz, I am uh, fifty-three years old. I was born in Clinton, South Carolina, uh, like the President Clinton. Now, the home folks say Clinton uh but so that everybody would know how it's spelled <laughs> clinton south carolina um i am uh i was a journalist for a number of years i studied journalism and i uh started off as a newspaper reporter and uh radio uh, news announcer And after that, um, I I always wanted to go into education, and um, so I eventually went into, uh, got my master's degree um, in in teaching from uh, Wake Forest University, and I started teaching at uh, the community college there first in Winston-Salem, and then uh, my current job um, teaching at Kentucky State University, and I have been in Frankfort, Kentucky, and I've been here for the last 20 years. Uh, I've made good strides since I was here. I started off as an instructor, and um, now my uh, official rank is associate professor, uh, and I'm also now an administrator. I'm the dean of the College of Humanities, Business, and Society. So um, I have a pretty heavy load. And uh, you mentioned Wake Forest,
0: right?
3: Yes, yes. So you would probably know this. Oh, here's to Wake Forest. That was uh, James Conn singing the Wake Forest uh, theme song. <laughs>
0: oh, <laughs> I, I could okay.
3: I, I, I couldn't find a better one. I'm sorry. Uh, anyway, so uh, we have uh, David Savasar, I guess. You're on 89.1 Kids FM. We've got about uh, 36 minutes. So I'm going to ask you a few questions, and we'll do a roundtable. Then uh, we'll, uh, we'll come back to me now. I'll ask you the tougher questions. So now you've, uh, you, you teach television broadcasting, and uh, you also do uh, radio and communication. Uh, what is the toughest thing about teaching television broadcasting and radio?
2: <laughs> well, the, the the toughest thing in this era is uh, it's really difficult to teach uh, a lot of the students now because they have grown up with the tools, and so they think they know what they're doing. And so everybody automatically thinks that, oh, I understand this because they grew up with cell phones, and cell phones have the cameras and, and videos, and also they've been – They've been using it, but they haven't really been trained on how
0: uh,
2: to use those tools. They don't understand the concept of time because even certain things like time structured and time sensitive. So everybody, they really don't, they really don't know how it operates, and, and that's the difficult thing because you, you're trying to uh, get them to unlearn and then relearn.
0: Uh, and is that? Yeah,
3: is is that pretty tough though? You know, you mentioned that uh, you know they they come in there, they have a they have a head of fire, and uh, you know they're they're ready to go, and they think they're ready to go, and then basically you have to kind of channel them back a little bit, and basically kind of settle them down a little bit and say, okay, that's great, I appreciate your energy, but uh, we need to channel a little bit.
2: Yes, yes. I mean, because certainly, if you if you want to be, you know, a professional in the business, everything is is really about time. And I mean, and even if you want to do your own thing and don't want to work for CNN or ESPN or NBC, um, and you want to do your own thing, still, in order for it to be sustainable, you need to sell it, and you sell it based on time. And people need to understand that. And and the young people don't understand that concept initially.
3: And- and uh, you know, you've also uh, you're also a, a former journalist, and we're gonna talk a little bit about that in a second, but uh I do want to introduce you to one of my my first co hosts, it's Granny Holster. And uh, as you heard on hold, uh, maybe last week and this week, uh she's pretty good at making cookies. I guess they're smaller than I thought they were. But uh Granny, what do you have our guest? Go ahead.
1: Well, welcome to the show. It's a pleasure to have you on. So when you were doing journalism and everything. What was one of the most challenging stories or articles you ever had to write or
2: do in your career? Oh, wow. Um, I was a general assignment reporter mostly. I worked mostly for the uh, community papers, the smaller papers, so you sort of did everything. You covered education, government, sports. I would say uh, probably the uh, toughest um, types of articles that I've done were all of were the ones that kind of dealt with um, racism. I had um, oh, wow. one environmental racism uh in winston salem there was a, a a company that basically uh there was like a landfill that was close to the black community and doing that story and of course when you're doing those types of stories, nobody wants to talk about it and uh a t and t had a um internal magazine one time where they were they just had a little a little cartoon and they had um they were showing how they were connected around the world. And they had a little man or a little woman in different parts they had a little globe and a little man or a woman in different parts of the globe of uh, europe america south america and in Africa, they had a monkey on the phone. oh wow they had a person where else but a monkey in Africa so those 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 two of the stories that were the most memorable. Uh, to me to, as in terms of difficulty because you know people really they they don't want to talk about those kinds of stories so that's that's what Absolutely. makes it difficult yeah for sure right, uh baked... go ahead sorry no um uh, uh granny i heard that you you bake uh, uh uh cookies and i heard the last person like chocolate chip i also i want to put in my order for chocolate chip cookies also
1: okay okay <laughs> I'll see what I can do.
2: <laughs> All right.
3: Uh, yeah, they're called uh, the little old ladies from Pasadena cookies. No. Oh, <laughs> uh, <now>, uh, <laughs> well, I, I
1: swear.
3: I'm sorry. I I couldn't resist. I know.
1: Uh, I know. I know.
0: I it, mean, it's
3: if, okay. Look, if I if I didn't say it, you know, Matthias would have. So anyway.
0: Well, I don't think Matthias would have,
3: but you know that. Moving on. Uh, uh, David Chabaz is our guest here. So uh, I want to introduce you to our, uh, our next co-host. Uh, his, he's a modern nightmare, Matthias. Now, he is not only a resident wrestler here, but he also has uh, been in uh, the journalism and broadcasting field in his career. So, uh, Nightmare, what do you got? Go ahead.
6: Well, you know, normally I would do my spiel, so I think I might as well continue it. So, yes, you are talking to the man from every one
4: the following and every
6: has
0: been paid for by the
6: new world order. Yes, you are okay. talking to the man from every woman's greatest dream and every man's worst nightmare. North Dakota's number one heel, current reigning defending undisputed APW World Heavyweight Champion and soon to be EWI Epic and BZW World Tag Team Champion and. Honorary member of the New World Order, Matthias. Welcome onto my part of the program. Uh,
3: David, he's one of those guys, one of those students that you would have had to tell to sit down and go to the back of the room. But go ahead, continue.
6: Uh, But, yes, uh, Icon is correct. I uh, did study communications in college, and I did a – I've done radio classes. I've done broadcasting classes. I've worked for NBC. um, I've done live radio shows. I've done a lot of things. Uh, what is one of the things that you've seen your students lean more towards? Once um, have they done more of the class for for fun, or they have done it more towards their career? Like most of my classmates did,
2: I would say a lot of people still they want they want it to be their career. Um, there tends to be a, a focus towards um, entertainment and 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 fashion and music journalism, a lot of people are shying away from the uh, hardcore news the 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 pl- politics and that type of thing. you know I'm seeing a lot of students who like feature type writings and and I like a good feature story as well. I mean, I think those human interest stories are some of the best, but I see most oh, yeah. people these days leaning towards that.
6: And then um, what do you like to push your students to do while you're teaching? Is there a specific part of it, the writing, the radio? What, what is one of your favorite things to kind of push more towards your
2: students? Well, I, I try to get them to, uh, to really be creative. I, I want them to be grounded in um, the 5W8 the who, what, where, when, why, how, uh, because AP Style is the foundation, and, and that's sort of what I'm talking about before. You know, if you find somebody who grew up with a cell phone and, and making their own videos, and then somebody asks them about AP Style, and they're like, huh, they don't know what you're talking about. <laughs>
0: <Exactly>. <laughs> because all
2: they wanted to was the hands on and to go out and do it, and there's nothing wrong with that. But, you, you know, you, I would always tell people that um, – you know, you, you you have to know the rule in order to bend the rule, and that's what you want to do. You break Absolutely. the rule. You're cr- if you bend the rule, you're a genius.
6: Absolutely. Yeah, as I was kind of mentioning uh, back, I I didn't stick to the uh, audio side of it after I left college because I got a job uh, working as a production assistant. Um at an NBC station and then I actually moved into working uh, behind the camera and stuff like that and it and then working under news it's been uh it was quite an adventure because you know you got to get your you got to make sure everything on the camera is correct whether it's the iris whether it's the brightness whether it's the the uh focus that kind of thing like there's so many specific aspects to the camera that it I kind of like it's very intriguing because like you said people with cell phones they'll just go out there and everything's automatic on the phone everything is everything looks good on the phone but you don't know how to make it that way whereas you give them a, a canon camera or you go out there and you give them a panasonic uh... video camera and stuff and you got to make sure like and you mess up all the settings and all of a sudden they got to figure it out it's actually quite a challenge and working in news for upwards of two years uh... that was uh... it was always an interesting journey, no matter what you were shooting, no matter what story you were telling. It was, uh, I, I liked the the story uh, aspect behind it and having to make it using your camera. And it was always, it was always intriguing, but like I said, it was always one of my favorite things to do is always get behind the camera and, and film things and make stories out of them.
2: Absolutely. I, I certainly agree. I mean, it's all about, is really all about storytelling and and using the tools to tell the story getting the getting the natural sound with the audio and making sure you know the the background that is that everything is in harmony with the story that you're trying to tell and all of those things are are key that 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 people really have to learn and and once they get a good grasp of that i mean it's it's, it's but it's not <laughs> It's something that you really have to you really have to focus on, and I, and I think a lot of people can pick it up. Um, they can pick it up fairly easily.
6: Yeah, and and like and as you said, like that NAT sound and stuff, like that's something I learned that was just like it was really awesome. Where you hear like you know if you hear a gunshot, or you hear somebody swinging a gol- hitting a golf ball or whatever the case may be, but it's but also like it's also the hard hitting kind of stuff. As you said, a lot of them are. Leaning away of the uh, politics and stuff like that, and I never liked to do politics and stuff. But like I would, I had to do almost any story. But one of my, right. I have two, I have two favorite things that I got to cover back when I was working in news, and one of them's kind of gruesome, but you know, it, but it was just interesting to cover and getting to hear the raw emotion and stuff. But the first one was I was in the courtroom during the trial, and I got to help cover the story of the murder of Savannah LaFontaine um, Greywind in Fargo, North Dakota. It happened before I got started in news, but then they had the trial of the, the murderers uh, when I was working there, and just getting to be in the courtroom and talking to the families and stuff, that was always, that was always one that will hit hard, and that was always one that I'll always remember, and then I went on a ride-along with a... Uh, uh, a, a police officer from I can't remember the town here. It's about 15 minutes away from Fargo. It's in Minnesota, but I got to go on the ride along with him and just getting to see what they go through in each and every day and with their with their body cameras and pulling people over and stuff like that. And I got to witness a, a drunk driving arrest. And you know, you always got to make sure you don't get the face, or you know, you you got to make sure you film. Specific things because you know if if you were to film something and you put that on TV and you're not allowed to or something that could that could cost you big time. So that was always kind of a challenge too, and that's what I always liked. I always liked the challenge of knowing what you can film and what you can't film, and as you said, how you can bend the rules not break the rules.
2: Absolutely, absolutely.
3: Uh, David Chabaz I our guest here on 89.1 KENS FM, and uh, we have, well, we got plenty of time. we got got 22 minutes now. Uh, now, what is uh, some of the other things that you're working on uh, now, David, that uh, we could talk
2: about? Um, I have a lot of projects going on, but one, one, thing that, um, one thing that most people don't really know much about me, um, I'm an original old-school hip-hop artist. That's right. My group. Yes. Yeah.
0: So,
2: so you group. uh
3: I was going to ask this real quick. So uh you uh you could you
2: could uh do hip hop with the best of them, correct? Yes, absolutely. Uh and one <laughs> one story the to, to kind of the kind of merge, I guess the the careers together when I was a um I was still a newspaper reporter at the time and I was um you know really really uh <laughs> trying to make a name for myself and trying to be respected. And, it's, you know, it's one thing I tell my students now to, to never overlook anybody because I, um, at the time, um, I was contacted by a PR agency to, uh, to do an interview with um, uh, an a unknown person at that time by the name of Tupac Shakur. I wanted to interview Digital Underground. Was the roadie? I did not want the roadie. I felt offended. I wanted to interview Shop G, and I did not interview Tupac Shakur at that time because he was unknown. And I was being, I guess, a little arrogant. I was trying like they're disrespecting me. I want, I want the top guy. I want Shop G, you know. And uh, not thinking if I had interviewed Tupac with you, it would be great today. But uh certainly, um that probably was a test that I could have gotten to shot G if I had done a good um interview with, with, with Tupac and I <laughs> I actually met him um about a year or so later at um Howard University. They used to have a hip hop summit every year and, and, and Diddy was there and and he brought uh Biggie Smalls and Tupac was there and I, I told Tupac about it at the time and I I think Tupac was just high. He was just like, uh, it's all good <laughs> He didn't even quit at that time.
3: So, now you you know, you mentioned that, you know, you got to meet Biggie Smalls and Tupac and unfortunately they're they're no longer with us, but you gotta admit though, that's a pretty interesting experience that you got to uh uh, hang out with guys who are no longer with us and tell the story about that and uh, some interesting stuff about them that people might not know.
2: Yeah, it was it was it was great. I mean the the whole um, experience because cause again, I mean Howard University used to have that hip hop summit every year, so I mean those guys were, were were there all the time. And and Howard is I, I think Biddy's um, alma mater. He went to school there, so of course he would bring, you know, his artists there and Tupac was there and it was it was great I mean to see those guys and hang out with them and um that was they also had around that time the um new music seminar and 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 to bring it all to bring it all full circle the uh New music seminars. They used to feature something called the uh, Battle for World Supremacy, and they had the for the DJs and one also for the MCs. And uh, the winner got a wrestling belt. Wow, that's and pretty so cool. That was, yeah, just so that's how deep that connection was to uh, to 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 professional wrestling and, and hip hop from years ago. Uh,
3: David Chavaz, our guest here on 89.1 Kens FM, and we have, uh, well, we have uh, 19 minutes here with uh, David. And so, uh, those of you who listen to our show, and yeah, I've said this before, uh, if you go to our Facebook page, as to are Monday Live Monday, like that, go to 89.1 Kens FM page, like that, do a $10 a month donation, for the tower, we'll get you on make a call if to win an autograph, picture from past guests, current guests, or future guests. Uh, David, did you be to send us some uh, autographs
2: for giveaways? Uh, sure, I'd, I'd, I'd be glad to. I mean, I've, I've got um, what I could probably send now. Um, I have uh, copies of my latest book, uh, Pro Wrestling Black World Champions. And um, as a bonus, I could send, um, I know uh, everybody doesn't have a CD player these days, but for, for collector's items. Um, I could also send a CD from the group, The Awesome Crew, with the latest singles that we have with that as well.
3: Thank you. Would you allow us to play that on 89.1 Ken's FM here? Absolutely. All right. So now that was a great segue. Now you, you, I'm glad you're able to pick up on that. Let's talk about the book, uh, the wrestling book. Let's talk about that. Uh, yeah. What inspired you to write it? Tell us a little bit about it,
2: then we'll ask you some questions about it. The book is Pro Wrestling's Black World Champions and this is basically the um uh, this is the second edition of the book. The original book was sort of like a a small pamphlet that my brother wrote in 2009, my brother Julian, and it was a uh it it, it grew out of an article that he wrote for uh Kayfabe Magazine, they wanted him to do a special on the uh, Black World Champions, and he wrote an article in that magazine, and and the book sort of just grew out of that article. Um, My brother was, my brother Julian, he he passed in uh, 2020, but he first wrote the book uh, Black Stars of Professional Wrestling back in 1999, And he was on the third edition that was printed uh, 20 years later in 2019, and that was the latest one that he had, and he was out promoting that book, you know, and he died the following year as he was out on the tour promoting that particular book. And so, you know, when he passed, I, uh, you know, when you end up, you know, going through your loved one's things, I, I found a copy of that Um, Pro Wrestling Black World Champions Panther and I said hmm okay be a good tribute to my brother to um, Just sort of Update this book because at the Time um, There were a few There were a few more people um, That have Won the belt so I thought It was relevant as Well as uh, paying a tribute To my brother And
3: with that being said then uh did you uh get to go out and uh, uh to expand the book? Did you go out and uh, get to interview a lot of uh, uh a lot of wrestlers, uh a lot of uh, world champions like uh for instance like what, Booker T, uh the five time, five time, five time champion. Uh did you get to interview a lot of
2: uh wrestlers? Um, no I didn't. Um I I accompanied him on a couple of um, a couple of interviews, and uh, probably the major one that he did was on BET with Booker T. And um, I don't I don't know if this is a coincidence. I mean, I can't really say, you know, who caused what. But at the time, uh, Booker T was not champion. But there was a movement, and I'd like to think that my brother's book had a lot to do with making people aware of the uh, a black contribution to the sport and the black participants in the sport. Um, and, and, and so BET did a story, and they had my brother Julian on there, and they invited uh, – uh, they talked to WWF at the time, WWE. They didn't want to send anybody because I think they found out that WCW – was sending people because BET, you know, as a news organ, we're neutral. We're not concerned about um, <laughs> the politics of only having this company's representatives. You know, we we want to be fair with things. So they invited WCW wrestlers as well as WWF at the time. Uh, WWE did not send anyone when they found out, I think, that WCW was sending Booker T, Sharmell, and Ernest the Cat Miller, along with my brother, to talk about it. And – um, the the dates and times sort of uh escaped me at the moment, but it was it, it must have aired something like a Thursday and like that following Monday, something like that, Booker T got the title and, and that's when he first became the champion. So it was all you of know, this momentum it was ahead, building up to that. You
3: know, what's interesting about this and Matthias, so we can talk about this. We have David Schwabzer, I guess we're gonna about thirty minutes and Granny can chime in this. Uh now, uh, Matthias, do you remember when, uh, what event uh, Booker T first won the title at? Of course. And that was Batch at the Beach 2000, correct? Yep. And uh, who uh, was known as the Booker
6: at the time? Oh, God. Yeah. No. Hang on. I, I It's on the tip of my tongue. I just... The guy that nobody wants yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, Vince Russo. Vince he Russo. That's his name, yeah.
3: Now, uh... David, with that, with uh, with that uh, and uh, Booker T winning the title, uh, that Vince Russo has been uh, is, is been a very controversial figure. I, I don't know if you know who he is or not, but he's been a very controversial figure. But he always said that the best, the biggest highlight of his career was having Booker T win the title, and uh, you got to admit that. Uh, at the time uh, before the book came out or during the, during the writing of the book, that that was just an amazing thing that happened.
2: Absolutely. And, you know, I've, I've had some, some of my uh, personal issues with the way uh, Vince Russo did some of the booking at WCW. I didn't <laughs> like that. Myself, um, um, and actually even at, even at WWF, WWE, I think Vince Russo, because he had uh, McMahon there to sort of reel him in, if you would, you know, to kind of keep him on the leash, not let him get too far with some of his things, uh, right. I think that helped, but over at WCW, he was just having free reign to do whatever, and I, I did have some issues with some of those things, but... Um, I kind of, I, I've i grown to like, <laughs> to have sort of a liking for Vince Russo. And I'll say he was one of the first people to put me on his podcast with him and Stevie Ray. And uh, so I got to kind of know him personally. Um, so I, 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 I have a liking for him now. But at the time, yeah, I was really disappointed at some of his booking choices. But Booker T's being champion, I definitely agree with that. And I think that was one of the best things that he did at WCW.
3: Well, Granny, you can uh, you can w- w- when w- be a witness to this. Stephen Ray loves you. He don't like me. <laughs> Did Granny leave? No, I'm it. here. Oh, there it is. No, well, okay.
1: here. I was just listening. Mm-hmm. I was just listening.
3: Well, yeah, you remember how uh, Stephen Ray, how much he loves you and doesn't like me? Oh,
1: yeah, I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh,
3: it, it's it's a long story You can go back and uh, We're not going to hash it out now But you can go back And uh, listen to the episode In our archives uh, I forget the date Because it's one of those days That I want to forget In my uh, In our career Here <laughs> at the station uh, We have uh, David Shabazz Our guest here We have uh, About 10 minutes left Here with uh, David uh, so, so Don't forget to do this David If our fans want to Check out and see You got a Facebook An Instagram YouTube A Twitter A Twitch A TikTok What do you got?
2: On um, Facebook is my go-to um, for a for a communications person. As, as weird as this may sound, I really don't like social media. I really don't um, because I, I I think you know it, it's been abused. It can be a great tool, but I think it's been abused a lot because you know we was just presented to us and there was no training manual. So. It was the Wild Wild West for people to just do everything. And uh, anyway, getting off of my diatribe with that. Um, Facebook is my (laughs) Facebook is my go-to. I do have an Instagram. I do have a Twitter. David L. Shabazz um, at David L. Shabazz's Instagram and Twitter, uh, as well as Facebook. Um, Those are the primary um, sites where you can reach me. And uh, correct
3: me if I'm wrong, are, you are currently also the acting dean uh, at your university, correct?
2: Yes, yes.
3: And uh, as an acting dean, do you get to uh, – I'll understand if you don't want to answer this question, but do you get to go to banquets all the time and do speeches, and then uh, you look at your, uh, oh, i got to go to this event, and then uh, tomorrow i got to uh, fly across town to watch the team play this, and then uh, – uh, at the end of the week, I uh, I uh, have another banquet to go to. As a dean, what kind of schedule do you uh, uh, do? Do you ever get any private time to
2: yourself with being a dean? <laughs> I have a very unforgiving schedule. Um, as you mentioned, all of the above. I mean, even just this just this past weekend, the. Um, uh, there's a jazz concert going on in Frankfurt, and uh, and so I was there because some of our um, professors who played in the music department were there playing, so I was there to support them. So, yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where I'm going, always going to support everybody, and I have a – we sort of con- – Consolidated um, our departments. There are only two deans, me and uh, another dean, and so I have like six schools under me: the School of <laughs> School of Business, the School of Criminal Justice, the School of Social Work, these, uh, Literature, Languages, and Philosophy, the School of Public Administration. You know, so I have all of these schools under me, and so I try to be there and support. Um you know, the, the, the faculty and the staff when they're out at those events and uh yes, yeah, so I, I pretty much have an unforgiving schedule. I have very little time for myself. You know, I was
3: gonna ask you, uh and I want to say if you turn me down, but if I can ever uh get to Kentucky, uh I'll bring Matthias and Granny with it. You think you can uh, get us some tickets for uh, a
2: sporting event? Um, uh, well, <laughs> I can try. I, um, the ones at 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 our university, I could. Um, it would be a little tougher trying to get something at the uh, uh, the big D one schools, University of Kentucky and University of Louisville. I mean, it'd be a little tougher there. I could get one for myself, but it's, <laughs> it's harder to, to to get those for someone else. But I could I could look into it.
3: Yeah, the uh, let's see. I believe uh, your team is called the uh, Thrower Bros. Is that correct?
2: Thoroughbreds, yes, Yeah.
3: Thoroughbreds, that's right. And uh, you guys uh, have, uh, well, let's see. Yeah, baseball, football, basketball, indoor track and field, track and field, cross country, golf, volleyball, uh, men's volleyball, which is interesting. Uh, 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 you know, you know, it'd be really cool though if there's a way that we can uh, try and find a way to have you come up and play North Dakota State in the ex- exhibition. You know, bring your volleyball team here, your football team. That would be awesome
2: yeah i i i think that would be great i mean the um the, i don't know what the athletic people you know what they have with their um schedules how they do all of that but yeah i mean I could talk to the athletic director and see what they um see what they can do yeah i mean
3: i'll tell you what the uh i mean the way i understand it i mean your softball team and baseball team is just on a tear now uh 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 this season so uh uh yeah they're uh they're 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 uh, just on a tear and they're they're going up against uh, Albany State. And what's interesting about Albany State is uh that's where Big Swing is from. He's from Albany, New York. So uh we're hoping that uh you guys come out victorious against uh Albany.
2: <laughs> oh well yeah. Well but this particular uh this particular school is in Georgia. Oh, okay.
3: Oh, okay. All right. I thought it okay. My fault, sorry. So, uh, David Shabazz is our guest here. We've got uh, about four minutes here with David. Uh, one thing I'd like to ask you, David, when you uh, – we, we mentioned that you have all these hats and uh, you have all these different universities and everything. It, it, you mentioned that uh, you have a un, very unforgiving schedule. When uh, do you ever get time for a break? Do you ever get time to go on vacation? Uh Anything like that, or it's just university this and then university that and then I got this and that. Uh basically you're you're you don't really have any time for yourself,
2: do you? I have very little time for myself. One of the um usually my vacation is um a university sponsored event or, or, or something like um I usually go to Las Vegas every year because the National Association of Broadcasters, that's where they have their annual convention in April, and so I normally go there, so it's like work, but it's it's, it's the best vacation that I can have as well. <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's too, my vacations are kind of tied into the job.
3: And uh, I suppose it's also cool, you know, you'd be able to get to jump on the uh, university's private jet and uh, go to Hawaii for a week and then come on back.
2: I wish we had a private jet. <laughs> <laughs> uh
3: David Chibaz is our guest here we only got a, a few minutes left. here. Uh, David I want to thank you for taking time out of your schedule because we we just established that you have a pretty busy schedule here. Uh if uh where where can our fans uh, find a book and uh uh where uh, can they get a copy of the book?
2: Um, the best place to get the copy is uh, from Amazon, uh, Barnes and Noble. The, the Barnes and Noble online and uh, the physical stores have it as well. And if they don't have it in stock, um, they can they can get it in stock for someone. Um, those are probably the two best best places. And I would say, you know, the thing about this particular book, the um, it's, it's focusing on the uh professional the black world champions of professional wrestling, so it's just looking at those um people who held the world title um so it's looking at certainly uh ron simmons uh the first black uh, guy to hold the heavyweight title from a major federation of course there's uh forerunners bearcat Wright, uh Bobo Brazil. Ernie the Cat Lad, I mean, they won titles that were really kind of more territorial. They were world titles, but it was really basically in, in, in the territories. The WWA at the time in Los Angeles and, and, and Indianapolis, those were really basically territories of the NWA and not the big champion. Although, Bobo Brazil actually wrestled and beat the Nature Boy, Buddy Rogers. For the n w a title, but uh they did not it did not change because he supposedly you know gave him a low blow, and so bobo you know so so buddy had to stop and Bobo didn't want to win it on a technicality you know the the, the store that. that was the storyline but that still speaks to the significance of the draw that someone like uh Bobo Brazil had to even get a championship match against uh the nature boy buddy rogers awesome. Well,
3: I'll tell you what, David, you are just a wonderful man, and uh, uh, I'm not going to keep you on hold for another week. I do appreciate you taking time out of your schedule. You are awesome, and thank you for being with us. We appreciate it.
2: Thank you so much, Icon. I appreciate all of you guys. Thank you so much.
3: All right. David Shabazz, ladies and
2: gentlemen.
3: All right. Hey, another great show, guys. we got about uh, three minutes before our uh, theme song kicks in, but what did you guys think of these guests?
6: They were awesome. I like
3: the good show. Exactly. And uh uh we have a uh uh we have a big guest next week. I usually don't like to drop the, the ball to so to speak, uh of who we're gonna have on next week. But uh I know that you guys are familiar with Back to the Future, correct? You know the movie, right? Back to the Future one, two mm-hmm. and three?
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Well, next week we're going to have Jeff, Jeffrey Wiseman on with us. And uh, mm-hmm. he played George McFly uh, in the uh, second and third uh, film because Chrisman Glover did not want to return to some kind of contra- uh, contract disputes and whatnot. So we're going to talk to Jeffrey Wiseman uh, next week about that and how he got the role and uh, some of the backlash that happened when he played the role of George McFly the second and third uh Films, Uh, so we're going to have a lot of fun Next week Uh, So uh, I implore everybody uh, If you like Back to the Future, join us Next week, Uh, you can call in And you can talk to uh, George McFly And uh, we'll go back To the year 2015 And the year 1955 Uh, And we'll get in our We'll get in our Go uh, 88 miles per hour and we'll have some fun. So our next, our theme, sh- uh, our closing uh, theme ends here in uh, two weeks, uh, two minutes. Uh, Bethany, she'll be here with us next week, right?
6: Uh, it should be unless something comes up. And
3: then do you have any events that you're wrestling this weekend?
6: Uh, no, this is actually my one break because last weekend I wrestled, well, last Thursday I was in Chippewa Falls for a Special Olympics charity event, and then Saturday I was in Partyville, Wisconsin for a event for No Regrets Wrestling this is actually my one week break if I'm not mistaken and then the next week after that I'm in Glendive, Montana for Below Zero then I'll be the next week I'll be in Minnesota for uh, Lucha Libre uh, promotion and then the next weekend I'll be booked again uh, I believe, in South Dakota or Minnesota, and then the next weekend I'll be in Wisconsin. So this is my one-week break for the next, uh, like, six, seven weeks I'll be wrestling. Awesome. Well, I'll tell
3: you what, uh, Granny, uh, I can't wait to talk to you next week. Uh, of course, uh, Nightmare, I can't wait to have you with us again next week. We're all going to have a good time. Uh, so with that being said, uh, remember, it's not goodbye, it's just goodnight's. Uh, Love each other, care for each other, be safe. Join us every Monday night on 89.1 Kansas FM, Addison the Air Monday Live, Monday here every Monday, 9 p.m. to 11 p.m. Central Standard Time. With that being said, we are out, and join us next week. We'll see you.
0: You think you know me.